0: not tell fish stories where people know you, but particularly, don't tell them where they know the fish. That's Mark Twain. It's a great quote, and that holds true for one of our favorite waters, Pyramid Lake. What you're about to hear in this podcast is a series of truce, no tales, about the streamer and strip game on Pyramid Lake. We join one of our favorite anglers, Anthony Gillisano, on a recap of his incredible run at the mid this season during the late winter and spring. We will cover what was successful for Anthony, as well as tips on how to up the stakes on your own personal streamer game. But let's not forget the food side of the house as well. No burritos on this episode, because Anthony went whole hog on a full protein assault of the best damn ZD I've ever had. Might as well have been a unicorn ZD. It was that good. And since we're on the topic of upping our game, don't forget that with summer around the corner... You probably have some traveling on the mind, so make sure you protect all your assets while on the road while well, giving Jeremy at Oxner Insurance a call. Jeremy's an avid hunter and fly fisherman himself, so he's a perfect guy to help you out figure out what you need on the insurance front. 775-657-6050. Give him a jingle. And lastly, the Bearfish Alliance will like to thank our fly fishing partners at Loop Tackle and Adams Built Fishing. Without the support in the field from both Loop and Adams Built, We would not be putting up the numbers of fish we have this season the next time you need to stay high and dry in the water make sure you go to Adamsville and if you want to change your fly fishing game up reach out to us at the bearfish alliance and we will outfit you to get you on your start in the two-handed fly fishing game all right now on to our podcast with Anthony Gulasano Okay and welcome to another episode of Burrito's Breaks and Flies. Now we have a three-peat guest. He's becoming a regular here folks. So welcome back Anthony, Anthony Golisano. He's our uh I like to label him. He's our resident streamer king. And if you don't know that already, well, we'll get a little bit of, a little bit of insight on and why we kind of coined him with that, that nickname. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about his uh, recent uh, accolades and achievements on some local waters, Pyramid, Truckee, and uh, what methods he went about it. So, And we got Ben here as well. Ben looking as relaxed as usual. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, it's good to see you guys. I love to see you too. about your your latest goings on anthony
2: yeah it's too bad you're not up here for it
1: yeah i get well i'm i'm up there on the weekends
2: you missed a good pyramid season
1: yeah i see the pics and i see those giant dinosaurs yeah i look at it in amazement
0: well he's down there in the land of the corbina right now so he's got some he's got something decent he could chase here for a little while so he can be envious of that that's not 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 something too hard to deal with Let me i'm excited
1: the too I, I just picked up a a loop q rod and yeah. reel seven weight 11 foot and go. it's going in the surf zone
2: yeah, you know, that's, that's, the that. That. yeah. that's the perfect rod for that yeah that's the perfect like surf rod and,
0: you know yeah perfect surf slash mid slash and if you had to you could hang a streamer i mean a uh, bass rod too ben's got a nice bass <clears throat> pond that he has access to mm-hmm. so he's covered <laughs> but so so i wanted to dive into a little bit anthony so you know we all know that you have uh quite the depth when it comes to to streamer fishing mm-hmm. um and large bait fish type presentations yeah and and uh from personal experience, you've taken it to a whole new level. A whole new level at the mid this year, yeah. And it, I'm I'm lucky, I'm fortunate enough to have experienced that, see that firsthand. Yeah. And it's it's still kind of unbelievable. So, you know, maybe maybe speak to a little bit of your your first, you know, like your initial approaches let's say at the mid you know what you're doing and kind of what drove you to try things a little bit different and and explain all that kind of what you kind of what you did
2: yeah so i mean this is my second season fishing at pyramid obviously i moved out here two years ago now um my first season really got cut in half by covid when they shut the lake down um so i didn't have the, the time to really experiment the way i wanted to um but the traditional approach that I've at least I've heard from, you know, everybody I know around here that fishes pyramid and you know going into different shops and, um, the general idea is that you need to fish like small chronomids and um, you know, maybe balanced leeches on a slow strip with a beetle, right. which yeah. works. Don't get me wrong, I've caught plenty of fish doing that, but um, this this year. Um, when I, I, I hit it a lot in March, like almost the whole month and then decent portion of April. Um, and then it was like on and off over the winter in between duck season. Um, countless times. I mean, I saw guys throwing, um, you know, spin guys and I'm looking at the size of the, 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 the tackle they're throwing. I mean, you're looking like four, six inches, um, like swim baits and stick baits and big spoons. Yeah. and, sure. Every for whatever reason, I don't know why in the fly fishing realm everybody thinks you have to throw chronomids and you have to throw like maybe a size eight or ten balanced leech or woolly bugger and that's like what you have to do. Um right. but then like go
1: small or go home.
2: Yeah, and it <laughs> and, 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 it, it, it 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 works for sure. But watching the, the the spin guys hook up countless, like like time after time after time, on big patterns, or big tackle, um, I'm like, why the hell can't I throw a streamer? So I just started, um, you know, like mid-March, I just like, screw it. Like I've caught a bunch of fish, throwing, you know, indicating with like chronomids and stripping beetles and whatnot. So I was like, screw it. I'm just going to throw, you know, big borderline pike style flies i mean you were there the day i caught that 14 pounder i mean there's like a big like I everything it's like i think it's like seven inches when i measure it out yeah um, it was
0: pretty large
2: and it was like second cast and just fish came up and nailed it you know big bright yellow and um red fly
0: uh, oh that was uh that, the ronald mcdonald yeah
2: yeah the ronald mcdonald yeah. yeah yeah and i i started throwing game changers um you know, the same stuff you throw on the river. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't they go for it? You know, you, you, you see what the spin guys are throwing. They're clearly eating it. They're still trout, you know, they're, you know, you, you, catch these, you catch big trout like that in the river on streamers. Like, why can't it be applied out there? Um, and you're not the only person that I've been with that I've been out and I've been doing that. And they're like, Oh, that like, they're like kind of skeptical, like looking at it, like, cause I've never seen anybody do it. And that's the thing I think the problem is is all the people I know that have told me you have to fish chronomids, you know those big ones don't work, um those big flies don't work, just like you ask them like have you done it, and they're like, no, that's that's what I've been told and it's like, okay, well there there you go, so
0: right, right I kind of made and, it my mission
2: towards the end there just do that,
0: yeah, yeah, you. and I remember the the mission statements, so Ben Anthony put out these mission statements verbally. Uh, To the world. And he basically said, What was it? Oh, he wanted he, So he put marks out there. He was kind of like Babe Ruthing <laughs> the mid. He would point out there and go, 20 pounder. Right. <laughs> oh, that then, was that day.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah That's and, what I
2: was, I was that whole day that like we, when I got, because I got that 14 pounder on that, uh, that big Ronald McDonald fly. Right. And then like, that whole morning we were out there. I'm like, all right, today I just gotta keep going for it. Try to get break twenty pounds. And then,
0: boom, there you go. Right, right. And then and then I had to do a little reality check with him because he's like thirty, and I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I that, that, that 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 that's a great that's a great mark. But you know what? Uh, you know, roll it back a little bit. Let's yeah. call it twenty five. Let's call it twenty five. That way you have things to work up to because that way you're not disappointing yourself. When you do catch a twenty-five, when you're targeting a thirty, because nothing yeah. disappointing about. And Anthony, how did that go? Because it, it was well. Indulging. In
2: all fairness, it was twenty-one. So that's for me twenty-one pounds. It was
0: twenty-one. It wasn't twenty-one? It was, no. Was it? It was bigger. No. Twenty-five. Twenty-one. It was close. So right I thought it was like it was like twenty-four point eight two five, or wish. something. it was big. But anyway.
2: Next year, now I got a goal to work up to. But that's, um, well
0: you kept hitting your goals and it was funny. You just kept and and your change up approach was, was pretty, it was pretty hectic because look, if I could paint a a visual of this, he didn't have any problem, Ben catching anything that that wasn't, there wasn't a lack of catching. It was almost a, I'm tired of catching it this way. Oh, I'm throwing beetles (laughs) again. Oh, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This one works. This one works. Oh, that works. Yeah, okay. And he went to some pretty extreme measures. And it all started with, he brought out some some large size streamers, but then everything turned with the Ronald McDonald. Yeah. The whole, the whole color spectrum and everything. It went from, you know, your, your common color spectrums out there that you're using, your, your two rule of thumbs out there is go light or go dark, right? Yeah. And it makes sense because of the type of fish you have out there. But his color spectrum doesn't really immediately align with a like particular species out there Mm -hmm. now it shares color traits with many of them and you know i know uh, he did some research on it we found some uh Uh, other native another native game fish that are in the lake the tahoe suckers in there there's 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 a a couple there's a couple bait fish in there that people don't speak of everyone talks about about twos and quiwis that's it well there's more than that in there as we found out anyway um <laughs> what? <laughs> I have to laugh because it's so funny. Because after I think it was after the Ronald McDonald, you broke. You went 100% unconventional, and at the time it wasn't successful, but it was hilarious. And I think you you switched to a brown trout method. I think you pulled out the mouse.
2: Yeah, I had a mouse at one
0: point. Yeah, that's
2: where you
1: became the Micro Moon River Raid champion.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: on. I
2: was thinking, you know. I, I still have yet, and this is the one thing I haven't seen yet, is and I, I haven't talked to anybody that's done it is catching anything out there off the surface. Um, I talked to guys that have tried, like, that's the one thing I've seen unconventional out there is I've seen guys throw big dry flies. Um, I've just never seen it, and I was like, okay, maybe a mouse. Um, I think I tried poppers at one point, but no luck on that at all. No follows, you know, but for sure, the. The reds and the yellows, those that that was like the killer color that um, I dialed into there. I think it was like, like when when you sent me that that link on the Tahoe sucker, um, yeah. that made sense because it has that red band in it and a right. decent amount of yellow. Um, the other thing too that I think is it's just like any um, spawning fish, they're going to start to get extremely aggressive, and I mean if you look at the flies that guys swing for steelhead—they're um, usually bright colors, and I mean they're intruders. They're meant to just piss the fish off. Um, right. They're not you're not really looking for feeding hits. You're looking for aggressive strikes, um, and that's what I think. The yellows and the reds, and some of the other brighter colors that I was throwing—I um, think that's where it came into play. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure plenty of. I'm sure there was some feeding hits, but definitely some of them were. Um, I think just aggression.
0: What yeah. There was. That- there
2: was that. There was that one day where I snagged a couple of them, um, like not not meaning to snag them, but the way they were, where they were, the way they were hitting the flies. It was super clear; we could see the fish, and right. I was throwing those bright. I was just throwing those like little bright clousers, and the fish would just smack them. You know, like they weren't like they weren't opening their mouth or anything, and they were getting hooked in the side of the face and
0: whatnot. So, yeah, and I think it was it was a matter of penetrating that zombie lair you know you had all those fish that were in in spawn mode they're cruising the shoreline within visual range and, and those weren't those weren't the targets that yeah. period i mean really yep. it, it was getting beyond that getting getting into the water where you couldn't see yeah uh where the hunters were you know because those fish do separate themselves yep. um in that in that spawn mode so um but, yeah, I think you were totally getting aggression strikes based off of those colors. Yeah. And, you know, some of those big fish that hit you, I mean, they were they were bucks, you know, and they mm-hmm. were hitting you, and, and you're familiar with this, with your East Coast experience. They were hitting very much like a salmon. Yeah, um, Where you would have, and I noticed this, with both of our catches, you would have one or two type, you have two different types of takes. You would have, you would have the soft like hen take where it would yeah. pick it up. It would pick it up and go. Yeah, you know, like a hen. You're like, oh man, yeah, there's something there. And then, then you would have the bucket where mm-hmm. if you weren't on your game, that thing could rip the rod out of your hand. And yeah. and what did it do to you? A few times, puts you right into your backing. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the hands weren't doing that. The hands would just kind of yeah dive and play them right yeah. there. Yeah. Right, right. So that, that that's kind of cool. And it's like I think you're taking that whole. Uh, prior fishery experience you know um you know between the pike and and salmon steelhead and all that type of stuff and applying it here because there's really no difference it's a straight up predatory fish yeah straight up i mean it's you don't go to them they come to you yeah you know so pretty pretty sweet and then once you transition to where i think you you kind of got onto a role with some beetles Maybe you can talk about the, you had a, you had a good run with some beetles. Maybe you could talk about your strategy there because I thought it was pretty unique, uh, unconventional, oh, per, like the, way,
2: per,
0: the way you the fished way, them,
2: the way I was rigged up. Oh yeah. So yeah, fishing them off of, of full sinking. Well, I guess you could call it an intermediate line, but the full sinking line. Um, and I uh, do like, I think I do about four feet of 20 pound down to uh-huh. a swivel and then do like two, two to three feet of one X off the swivel and then like another tag off the swivel of like six inches um, and just two beetles. And at, at least this is the way that I saw some old some older dudes that were out there the first time I hit it um, back when I first moved in. This is like how they were fishing it yeah. um, with a full sinking line and just um, they were just doing very slow strips right across the bottom and let those beetles float back up. Um, yeah. But, uh, and I'm using like kind of like an intermediate line. So it doesn't all sink in one large clump. Like the, the tip sinks a little bit faster than the body. The body sinks a little bit slower, you know, than the running line sinks at like one inches a second. Or right. Or one inches a second. Yeah. So. Right.
1: What point do you feel the hit?
2: So with the beetles, it was uh, on the rest. It wasn't like with the beetles, typically wasn't on the strip. Um, like what would happen is you'd, you give it a nice, you know, tug, um, and then you let it rest and maybe like five, six seconds. Um, and I, and what's happening is that beetle gets pulled down during the strip and then it starts to float back up to the surface. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's typically when they would come and grab it. Cause it wasn't like w- with the beetles, it was never, I don't think I ever really had any where I was stripping. And as I was stripping, I felt it, it would right. be like on the rest. And then all of a sudden your line just starts to go. Um, so they're come by and grabbing it as it's floating back up.
0: Right. And there's one interesting thing about the way that you rig those up. And if I could share this with other anglers out there, it, it, it could help your success rate, especially if you're experiencing um, a hard time hooking up or maybe you feel like you're getting hits or you have a short take where you're like, oh, I'm on and then I'm off. <sighs> And a lot of that's related to like to traditional setup, which i I use quite frequently, um, but there's a specific way to do it, and Anthony's approach is is pretty spot on. So the traditional method would be you got a streamer, and then off the hook hook shank, you'll trail a beetle, you know mm-hmm. um, no, no hard set length on that. You, you don't want it too long. I would say anywhere from you know, if you had that sixteen to twenty four inches, you know, twenty four inches would be on the long side. Um, mm-hmm. but that's kind of like common nothing wrong with that setup however you always have to have positive tension on that line because yeah. your weak point your weak point is that beetle because the minute it it does it's most when it's in its most attractive state is on that pause and then that's when that yeah. beetle's going up and that's when you're getting your hits when that beetle going up mm-hmm. and then as you know so if, if you don't have an immediate take up you let that butt beetle go up if you let it sit there too long you you can get whacked and 100% completely missed it. You'll feel the tug, but yeah. you have you have you have no skin in the game with your setup. You have direct contact 100% of the time, all the time, no matter yeah. what, almost yeah. no matter what. I mean, there might be a little bit of a soft spot in there, but I was comparing your hookup rate to mine, mm-hmm. and dude, it, it was four to one.
2: Well, the thing is, I I removed the streamer so that. I removed the beetle or I removed the, the balanced leech from the equation and just did two beetles. Uh Um, and that way you don't have like a big, um, you don't have a, a a balanced leech or a streamer just sitting at the bottom. And then that kind of disconnects you from the beetle. Um, you definitely, when you're stripping in, you still want to keep like somewhat tension on the line. Um, one thing that I would do sometimes is I would strip, and then I would do, like, as I'm resting it, like, I mean, quote-unquote, resting the beetle, um, right. I would do a very, very slow – I would just slowly keep pulling my line in just so I feel it, so I have tension. So that beetle's still floating up, but yeah. I've, still got, I've still got somewhat of a little bit of a tension on the line, so yeah. I, can fe- I can feel that a lot quicker. Um, right. Right. And yeah, well, and- I mean, like, that's the thing is, like I said, it, like, a lot of the times it was never on the strip with the beetle it was always on the rest. So if you don't have, like you said, if you don't have direct connection with that beetle um, and you've got 18, 20 inches of, of line just floating there and the, and the fish comes by and grabs it and doesn't immediately take off with it, you're right. You might not, you might not feel that.
0: Right, right. No, absolutely. And uh, there was another little fact uh, that actually, I came across today. I was going to share with you guys. I don't mm. like your input on this, and and I, I wish there was a way. I, I know somewhere out there that there's probably stats on this, but <clears throat> I'll give you uh, a speed stat on a one-pound rainbow trout, and we can compare this to the LCT. This might fascinate you, and it mm. might explain how <laughs> you you you've experienced some really aggressive hits. Mm-hmm. And like it, it feels like it can pull you off the ladder or, uh, you know, rip your whole rig out of your hand and uh, or have your drag fully on. Yeah. <laughs> watch it just peel out still. Ben, that was I got video of that. He, he was full on. I mean, he's got what weight rod was that? Nine
2: or uh, a, eight.
0: A Ten foot seven weight. Ten foot seven weight. Uh, yeah. He's got a massive, beautiful reel on there with monster drag. Yeah. And this fish was just like, what drag? going what drag yep. just going what drag anyway so here you go here's the Great. stat one one pound rainbow trout can mm-hmm. accelerate from zero to 22 miles an hour take a guess in how many seconds 0.5 one second
2: okay
0: so take that one that one one pounder now mm-hmm. translate that into an lct size of just a common size you know five six seven eight pounds And from basically a a static swim or a slow hunt, it hits that. And I don't know what they can accelerate to, but I would say it's probably in a a, a close realm. Let's say, let's just say, let's say if it's twenty miles an hour. Yeah. That's an incredible amount of force. Yeah. Um, And once you
2: factor in the weight, yeah, that's you're just a freight train.
0: Oh, and it makes sense on some of those. I mean, I had one the other day where I was, I was bringing in the beetle. I could visually see it and I literally saw this thing. It came in like a torpedo, like mm-hmm. out of the corner of my eye. It just came in just, I mean, like unreal. Like it, the mind couldn't process it fast enough because you're yeah. like, there's, there's no way it's coming that fast and it hit it with just a vengeance, you know? Yeah. And you, and you get it in, and it's like a, you know, it's like a five pound fish. And I'm like, man, dude, if that was 15 pounds, I would not have been ready for that. Yeah. You know, you know. So, just a fascinating stat. So, <laughs> pretty cool. That is yeah.
1: fascinating.
0: Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. makes sense, you know, when you, when, you, when you get these hard hits, you're like, it, it makes sense because, you know, they, they're so close to it. And then in the midst of that acceleration, they're grabbing it and going, you know. Yeah. So, it's like, well, no wonder they put me into the backing. You know, all that force. I'm sure we could probably do some math on it, but that's too hard to do right now. But it's probably pretty extraordinary. Yeah. you know and, and then you're fighting you know, and you're fighting the water too at the same time, Yep. you know they're using the water to their advantage against us. it's, it's pretty phenomenal, you know yeah. so that's i had good a
2: couple I had, I had a couple breakoffs you know out there doing that, you know, yeah. I was stripping stuff, and I mean, for the most part, I think I was throwing like one x or zero x um that that one day when I got that twenty one I was on a straight twenty, so like that that helped wow. out a lot, but yeah. um yeah, like there were days where I'd be throw, I'd, I'd have like zero, I'd be down to zero x on my tippet going to my fly, and um, I had a couple breakoffs. Um, wow, just, just straight hits. So I don't know if they're like going like the just exact opposite way. in the middle of the had. line. No, the tippet. So like they just broke the fly off.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just snap it.
0: I mean, and that's, I mean, Dang. you know, for for a traditional like in in, in bend, you know, it's like think about what <laughs> what we use on the river. You know the tippets were like oh 4x or oh 3x oh that's that's about as big as we want to get which is equivalent of depending on what brand you're using you know that's a seven pound test on a fluoro tippet maybe eight you know if you're in the 10 range you're on some high-end stuff that's about it you know we're out there like the light that the ultra light quote-unquote tippet would be the 12 pound i know people go lighter but for us at at least i know anthony and i like 12 pounds like yeah, I need anything lower than that. I'm not even going to throw anything in the water. Yeah, Why? I'm
2: like 1x is like the lowest I'll go. Yeah. Um, Really like 0x or straight 20. Um, yeah.
0: That's just the way to do it. Straight 20. maybe next street might even go bigger. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're not line-shy, that's for sure. <laughs> no, it's, no.
2: That, well, when you're fishing streamers, I don't think that that factors in. No. no. They they don't care. They don't look at your, your line. They don't care about your leader. They're just in predator mode.
0: Yeah, yeah totally. Speaking,
1: I was going to say, speaking of streamers, you went out today. Yeah. Um, tell us about where you went and how
2: you did. So I was, uh well don't want to tell exactly where I was in the river.
0: Yeah. It was Maryland's pond.
2: Yeah. Maryland pond.
0: <laughs> so I was in a
2: section of the river. I was East of town. Um, I've started wet waiting now. Um, it's warm enough for me. My Northeastern blood. Keeps we'll talk going. about that
0: in a little bit. I might change yeah. your mind on that, but go ahead.
2: <laughs> but, um, so I had three fish today. Just, just decent sized Browns. Um, nothing really over like the 15 inch mark. Um, but just throwing white streamers, you know, nothing crazy. Just little, uh, like white dungeons and baby gangas um but this is the awesome time of the year it's super bright out you got good flows it's warm um and if you throw a white like you throw a white streamer on a bright day like today the cool thing is you get to watch the eat wow so
1: what made you go with white
2: it's bright really bright it was just like sunny day uh i think i started with I started with olive and then went to Sartreuse and then went to white and white was like the ticket for the day.
0: Good man. So, that's yeah. a good, that's, that's a solid pecking order actually. I'm glad you brought that up because that yeah. seems pretty universal with predatory trout. It's kind of like, uh, you have a starting order and, and that green and the migrating to chartreuse, And then you're like, if that's not working, you break out.
2: Yeah, if it was an light. overcast, if it was an overcast day, I probably would have started with like black or brown or like a dark gray, uh-huh. um, and then migrate from there. But yeah. usually on like a bright sunny day like this, I'll start with a chartreuse or an olive, um, and then go from there. I usually, I try to start with a more natural color, so like the olive would definitely probably be more where I'm going to start, um, and then you start getting crazy. Then you start going to your yellows and your chartreuses and your reds
0: and,
1: you know. You know, just... Nico always has a lot of success on the purple. Yeah, yeah,
0: throughout. yeah. Ben's been there. It's weird. Yeah, purple's, purple's a great color. It, it's a great color. It's interesting that purple um, It's <clears throat> fun. It's fun when you're out there for target practice, so to speak, like with stalkers. Yeah. But, you know, who else likes... The purple is wild browns. Yeah, Lo- like the purple at, well, at the right time, not all the time, but I it's, think the a key with purple, time,
2: we've ta- I've talked to this the guys before. Is um, I don't know if it's like it's like purple and maroon work really good. Whether you're nymphing or dry flies, like one of my favorite dry flies is just a purple haze. Um, like nymphs. Um, like if you're gonna throw like like um, I like my favorite one of my favorite nymphs is a is a Duracell, like a purple kind of black fly, um.
0: Oh, so you started did you start your own (laughs) imping?
2: No. No, no, no. (laughs)
0: Um but even in streamers
2: like um I think I think the purples and the maroons, um I think what they I think I don't know if fish look at it is like um like you ever see the belly on like a small um like a small minnow. It'll be kind of red and like blood filled. I don't know if that's what they see. They see that purple and they, they go for it like uh, like like I think like the purple hazes work really good as far as dry fly like I, I think what they do or like even I, I fished like red and maroon um, parachutes yeah. and had the same the same success and I think what they do is like the fish looks up at that and it, maybe it looks like a mosquito that has a belly full of blood to them that's calories you know like, so it just looks like a high like a, a nutrient dense um, food for them.
0: Yeah. I guess you could always hit it with the UV light too and see maybe what they're seeing. Yeah. Even though they say do they do see it in a different spectrum than how we see it. But like I, yeah. I notice that when I tie something, even if I'm not using like a UV coat or anything on there, I'll still hit it with the UV light to see what it looks like because I know that they're seeing in that spectrum and it's quite yeah. interesting. Some stuff that looks dull, you'll hit it with the UV light and you're like, Holy crap, yeah. that thing pops. That thing pops. You know, no wonder they go for that thing that yeah. looks like that, you know. So now that's interesting. And I like I like your color choices again. I like how you vary through them because mm-hmm. I was going to say my my color choices and specifically related, related to the mid and almost to the trucky in a way. But to the mid, it's like I'll start with um, I'll start with chartreuse. And then if that doesn't work, I'll go to a different blend of chartreuse. And if that chartreuse doesn't work, I'll tie on more chartreuse until it yeah. eventually works. Yeah, yeah, you've seen it. It's just like you're like, dude, stop throwing chartreuse. I'm like, I can't. It keeps working.
2: <laughs> white was doing white was doing really good when we were out there. It was. It was between the, the yaks that you were tying and the beetles, oh, like yaks. It was just all white
0: for a couple the of yaks. days straight there. Yeah, yeah, the yaks, the yaks are doing good. The yaks got that hidden essence of chartreuse underneath them though.
2: No.
0: So and the cool thing, you know, the interesting thing about white is like especially those beetles you were tying. Um I noticed them, and then like, I replicated some of those beetles, some of those white ones, and you put them in the water. It's interesting, the colors that they reflect, because mm-hmm. uh, they'll pull them up, and you're like, wait, I tied on a, a white beetle, not a chartreuse one. And you're like, oh, it is white. It's just reflecting, ref- refracting all these different colors. Mm-hmm. So it kind of makes sense where you're like, dude, I don't know what to use. This thing's going to reflect any color that's put upon it, you know, so.
2: That's, why I, like interesting. The, that's why I like the Estes chenille. It's, so, it's awesome. Like, glassy and... Mirror, it, is. it mirrors everything. It's, yeah, it's pretty. The worst stuff works great.
0: Oh, it's got, like, green, yellow, uh-huh. you know, the, the white, the clear, the pearl. It's got all kinds of colors, and it's pretty pretty neat. So it's not really just a plain white, mm-hmm. you know. So it's what we're going to yeah. tie your crabs with, Ben. Your crabs for your Corbina. We're going to tie it with some estas.
1: I'm excited. How um, we're Yeah, I wanted to get your take, Anthony. Have you mm-hmm. or Nico seen the new I Got This Feed in My News? About a company, you know, Supreme, they make clothes and they're doing this. Yeah,
2: yeah. And it's just like Oh just god.
1: Is it about their like whole madness?
2: Is it their whole uh Tankara line of yeah. of, of where? Oh my god. That, Miko? Yeah.
0: That's next level. It's been
2: just on me- some of the meme it's been on some of the meme pages just getting shredded yeah. to pieces. It's like wow.
1: right like Kind of graffiti street style colors. It's I've seen. I've seen some
2: guys. I've seen some guys doing tenkara on the truckie. I don't know. Like, I, I think it. I think it has its place. I mean, it. It is cool for like if you were fishing for like small mountain like brook trout, like small little streams where you don't even need a reel. Like fine, but I don't know about fishing it on the truckie. I'd be like, I feel like I'd just break off. You know, you're not gonna be able to, like. What happens if you hook into
1: I, I a twenty inch fish? Yeah. I just, what happens truckie, i like to go natural you know
2: yeah in dress well
1: and blend into the outside yeah oh fish? the
2: the look their of the colors. color yeah the color of the, the their supreme clothing is pretty crazy too
0: well here's another thing too i've noticed recently is some of the carp on the lower river are starting to go into the spawn
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah and it, as a as a friend recently told me they go dumb in the spawn um i literally walked up on some last week i put my foot next to it in the shallows it came up and bellied up against my foot i reached down i touched it on the head and then it just slowly drifted to the side and kept eating (laughs) and uh anyway i was like whoa but thinking think about this tankara rod uh lazy hungry carp your day's over. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like the thing, you're just going to watch your Takara rod go down river with a yeah, running I think, carp.
2: <laughs> I think they'll seem <laughs> have to fight you. It just has to get in the current. And it's gone.
0: Yeah. yeah. They're, they're chunky. These things were, they were big ones. They're big guys, you know, uh, those things are no joke. They, they, their, their system is pretty unique, What will make them a fun game fish. Um, if you want to look at them that way is, they have such a high threshold against lactic acid buildup. Yeah. So, like a traditional like trout or you know other cold water game fish will tire out, and we have to be careful with them. The carp could care less. Like it yeah. almost will not tire, and it's it's everything out the window that you know about fish handling techniques with those guys. They're just built survivors, you know. So those guys will take you for a ride for a long time if you think they're not getting tired because they're not because yeah. they're not you know so
2: I look at some of the places they live you know like some of these ponds
0: mm-hmm.
2: get baked out in the summer you know yeah. yeah they don't care
0: they don't care at all not at all um you had another recent recent achievement oh uh you did a you did a little uh it's what they call let me see. I got this written down in my in my notes here. If you can hear me going through my notes, it's called dry. What is this? Dry flying? What's that? You did this uh, on the truckie. You did yeah. this on the truckie. Yeah. I have, I, you know, you don't have to give a specific location, but I'm sorry, sir. Uh, matter of fact, I don't know if you can see this. This is a rule card for the truckie. It says no dry flying except well, between- in February. Turkey-
2: between that and the mice, like, I don't, I don't understand. People don't want to fish them. Um, yeah. Uh,
0: we've been throwing, we've been throwing dry since like February on the trucky. Well, that's not, you know, the February timeframe is a good time. Been doing okay. February, yeah. Yeah. I mean, February, March, you get that blue wing, all the patch and stuff, yeah. but I mean, you just did it recently, which were end of April, yeah. you know, and that's, that's awesome that you're finding risers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's let's back up a second, and, and Ben, you're going to step in on this because I think you have some experience <clears throat> as it relates to feces in the lower river. <laughs> oh, <God.
2: laughs> you
0: gave me some report one time, so the wet wading. <laughs> oh no, not not arguing with with uh, you wet wading. That's pretty brave. Um, brave against the temperature. If you find it's a comfortable wading temperature to wet wade, more power power to you, man. But
1: now, I, I won't. I won't knock you because I river surf. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, so but you're river...
1: going in my ears, my eyeballs, and my nose.
0: My <laughs> well. Mouth. Yeah. Yeah, it is, but you're a little bit more upriver. He's he's down.
1: Yes, that is. Uh, yeah, down. it's I'm a it's a sketchy. From downtown.
2: It's yeah, one of those areas where I'm I'm waiting to come out of the river with a needle in my leg one day. You know, yeah,
1: there was. It's a gotten day pretty when bad. Nico's talking about it was yeah. south. It was lower than town yeah and the water just had this dull shimmer <clears throat>
2: mm-hmm.
1: the opposite of shine and it uh. just smelled bad and I think yeah, the water was... had just gone a little higher than normal after a long time but I was just like Nico I think we're in poop
2: yeah, <laughs> there's some areas yeah. east of town that are not good. You know, there's it's just I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the solution is going to be, but it's pretty gross. Um, I'm I'll still wet weight in it. Um, but yeah, I am definitely like looking out for needles and stuff. Like, there's there's a lot of that in some of these areas, right? Um, and you talk to anybody that fly fishes east of town, they're just like, it's, it's out of control. Yeah, it's a little Yeah, and it,
1: and it does give it a bad rap because there's so much water flowing through the Truckee. I mean, it's starting from Tahoe, and it is a beautiful river. So I don't want to give the wrong idea, but well, you're I think right. You gotta any... you gotta watch where you are mm-hmm. on some spots the just one... south of town.
2: The one good thing about going east of town is because everybody is like, everybody looks at it kind of gross. There's less people. I found, um, and the fish do get, I think a little bit more of a rest
0: when you go east of town too. Well, you know, and there's another thing too, is like when you, when you progress from you have the really highly trafficked water, um, on the West side of town. And then as you move in through Reno, but once you move through some of those, if you want to call them the tougher sections or like, you know, the homeless sections, what you'll find is there's a lot of sections of river that have remained untouched, um, or, um, unaltered for the most part. Uh, throughout the years versus like Mm -hmm. a big chunk of the east you know had to be restored in some other sections Um, however you'll find all those natural lies are still there Mm -hmm. you know all all those natural features that have been there for a very long time and that's what makes it a great fishery and also is like you know the lack of fishing pressure you know so i mean if you have if you have the ability to get in there um you'll find them and there's there's hogs in there but uh Mm -hmm. it definitely but I think right now um, I want to do a quick transition, and, and, and in this particular episode, we're not going to speak to the uh, the burrito. I was going to say the beetles. No one here's eating beetles except fish. The burritos.
1: Burrito
0: the burrito beetle. Yeah, well, we have the Borda beetle now, which is almost a long story. We'll get into Terezo that some beetle. other time. It's a chorizo beetle. Um, it looks like a piece of chorizo. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anthony uh, gifted me something last night, and it was beyond the realm of burritos. And I, I – he made a ziti. He made too much. So he gives me a pan of it. And I'm like, okay, it's ZD, Cool. And I crack it open. I'm looking. I'm like, oh, it looks like a healthy ziti. You
2: know, <laughs> nice. like, I'm like, oh, okay.
0: yeah. It's healthy. I mean, you know, it's full of everything good. And I take a couple scoops out, put it on the plate. It was still warm, so I didn't need to warm it up. I take a couple bites of it and I noticed that you have uh, there was different different consistencies of uh, fat. Like there wasn't there wasn't a single fat residue. This had multiple because the fat was layering upon itself. It was battling. (laughs) You know, like you know the oil and water type thing? You know when you see oil and water, the fat was doing that with itself. I don't think there's lava lamp. It was a lava (laughs) lamp. Yes, it was a Lava Lamp ZD and I have a few bites of it and I'm like, oh, wow, like there's like a like a sausage in here. And I think I noticed like a pepperoni or a salami. I'm like, cool. And I'm like, what the hell is this other stuff? He like, put brisket or pulled pork in here. And then what the heck is this? And I'm like, so I sent him a message. I'm like, well, this is out of the world. And maybe you can explain, Anthony. I'm taking the thunder away here. I'm so still excited about it. Um.
2: Everything everything you put in there,
0: it's it? nuts. What is what did you do? So, the sauce, why?
2: so the sauce was like a crockpot sauce that had um that started off with like I think like two dozen um Roma tomatoes, um a can of uh or a jar of raspberry jelly, um bunch of like spices like garlic, <laughs> pepper, onion. Um and then there was so meat wise there was um there was short short rib in there. There was um, uh-huh. sa so, there was ground sausage. There right. was whole sausage, and then there was duck heart, and then some duck some duck breast in there. Yes, um, and then yeah, and then, like obviously when I when I built the ziti, there's like a bunch of bunch more sausage, pepperoni, um, ton of cheese.
1: What's right. the you know. shape of it? How is it contained?
2: It's in a it's in like a dish, like a. One of those, like baking pans.
0: It yeah. was a Pyrex. It was a heavy yeah, duty Pyrex. Pyrex. Yeah. It, yeah, he couldn't use like a normal like. It, it was a heavy duty Pyrex with like did a poor snap like, lid. A crust
1: on the bottom, or just like
0: the crust
2: was... on the top. So I did like the the, the, the the cheese gets nice and crispy on the top, and then everything else
0: underneath is like pretty gooey. It, it was impossible to get a crust on the bottom with that level of fat. Yeah, so, like you would it would it would take it would take. Yeah, just look. No crusts on the bottom. It was all on the top. It it was pretty interesting because like you have to break through the top of the crust layer. Mm-hmm. And it just kinda like gooshes through, but not like overly gooshy. Um there's definitely a lot of texture in there. This <laughs> is the look on Ben's face, he's like, Oh my gosh. But it was just a flavor explosion. You're just like, "Ah, oh, what is this? And your 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 taste buds get confused, your your mind's racing, going, Duck, beef, pork. Uh, whatever this is, you know. Oh wow, it was it was pretty good. As a matter of fact, I warmed some up today because I'm slowly going through it. I can't race through it. <laughs> well, well I, I, still got, got to,
2: I still got a ton in my fridge. I gotta oh, take some man. time on that.
0: But it was even better. It was even better today. So I'm excited. Mm-hmm. It might be. It might be breakfast tomorrow. It might oh, yeah. be breakfast, and I don't. It might be if I do it right. Maybe I can like make it the the poster for this podcast who yeah. cares about the cares about the fishing <laughs> talk about the ZD. <laughs> so it's quite an accomplishment and we look Thank forward you. to other future uh, yeah. culinary dishes as as things progress so and,
1: and culturally where's that from is that italian
0: i think it's like i mean definitely italian
2: um probably like something my grandmother made and then i've just added to it um, she always made, so whenever she would, whenever my grandmother would do like lasagna or meatloaf, um, there would always be like, um, like you'd have Capicola in there, you'd have salami, you'd have pepperoni, um, stuff that you normally like don't find in traditional lasagnas has beef in it. There's always right. some nice spicy, something spicy in there.
0: Yeah, so, definitely great. was a flavor mashup. And it, it did... It did scream like old school Italian comfort food, you know. Yeah, you just throw
2: what you got in there. East coast, yeah. yeah,
0: definitely, definitely East Coast ish, you know, feeling to it, and that that's acceptable, highly acceptable, and highly commendable. I like that well
1: idea, of, you know, celebrating your culture, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, looking up, where am I from? What's running through yeah. my veins? What's the cultural dishes they eat? Well, that's a
2: lot of a lot of like Italian American. Um, food that I, I've found from like my, uh, from my, my side of, or my, my family is, um, it, you obviously you have your traditional Italian dishes, but then you kind of just use what you got. Um, yeah. I think that comes from like my family being like off the boat kind of Italians. Um, it was like, you try to make pasta like they made back in Sicily, but then it's, you know, well, you don't have this, so you use this instead, or you've got a bunch of this, so throw that in there. And um, that's kind of morphed into its own thing like right compare- comparing like traditional Italian cooking to American Italian cooking is two different worlds
0: right right, and it's awesome uh, you can you can appreciate the flavor and torture your colon at the same time. oh, yeah, it's that's a good time for you <laughs> <laughs> it's a good time <laughs> so before we go anthony uh. Mm-hmm maybe you can give the listeners out there maybe that are interested in, in, getting into the streamer game, uh, maybe like your favorite, um, like get into, get up for a, a streamer rod, you know, as far as, you know, rod length and weight and, you know, what kind I of line you prefer? I think
2: we went over this last time, but I would say, like I said, nine foot eight weight, that'll cover most everything you want to do from pyramid to rivers yep. um still still waters um bass as well um it's kind of like the nine foot five weight um I, I think if i had like a like a like a personal choice for a streamer rod it's like a nine foot seven weight on the rivers that's what i like to use a lot sure um it's a little bit lighter um uh, i don't feel like i'm hucking stuff it doesn't hurt my shoulders much all day so i'm just right. a seven weight. weight. Um, and then the line is the big thing. Um, I think that's where that a lot of people have their issues with, with throwing streamers of any type. Um, the, the 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 day we were out at Pyramid, we were um, I got that big guy there. Um, when we rolled up, the guys I was talking to the guys to the right of us. I don't know if I told you this. They were throwing beetles all day, and they were only using like I think the guy had like a seven foot sink tip on. Um, which was, I mean, you saw the wake that day in the wind, like you're yeah. never going to, you're never. And that's why they were like barely hooking up. Um, and they were like shocked. Like I was talking as I was like walking past that guy, as I was fighting that one that was taking me down the beach, I was asking him what's going on. He said, like, I've only gotten like three fish today and he's been, and he was there all day and I was there for like half an hour and already had four fish. Yep. Um, I think that's the problem with like streamers is a lot of guys get into it and they get the they get the right rod. They get the right flies, they get floating line. Um, oh, or, they yeah. use like, or they use one of those interchangeable sink tips, like a seven-foot sink tip. And I think you need to go like long, like 20-foot, like an integrated 20-foot sink tip minimum. Um, yep. uh, and and that's going to do a lot of things for you. It's going to keep your fly at depth. Um, it's going to make the longer sink tip is actually going to cast better because you're loading your rod with the sink tip. And you don't have that weird hinging effect from a short sink tip. Yeah. Um, but that, that's that's where I see a lot of guys like falter with it. Is they get these, they, they get for whatever reason they just get along with the with the wrong line. Um, and I think with 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 doing with throwing big streamers like that, um, not just swinging them like actually like you know hunting them. Um, you need to go all in. You just gotta s- bite the bullet. You got to get like you know full, like a, a long sink tip line a nice heavy rod that can throw it and then resign yourself to the fact that you're not going to catch as many fish as you would nymphing or anything like that. Right. Like you're hunting, you're, you're, hunting the fly. Now you're not just passively swinging it or drifting it. Like you're, you're, you're picking apart the river and you're like, I said, you're essentially hunting these fish now.
0: Well, yeah. And so they're in the quality, the quality over quantity <laughs> game too. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But, well, awesome. Thank you uh, thank you for sharing your stories of, of your winter fishing and the mid fishing yeah. and, and trucky and streamer and stuff and giving us a little recap on that. I think I think there's a lot to learn from there and, and a good baseline for folks to get out and that are interested in trying it out. Uh, hopefully it gives a little bit more knowledge and a little bit more insight on an approach, you know, and I'll tell you what, there's, I won't say there's one right approach, um, but there's a lot of good ones and there's a lot more. Poor ones and I think from what you heard with Anthony today uh, I'll tell you what he's kind of nailed it on the head um, considerably uh, his success rate uh, is very high and it actually exceeds that of you know the traditional fishing methods that I've seen out and about this winter and spring so far so he's on to something so you know take his words and run with it and, and see what you can come up with so again Thank you, Anthony. Thank you for joining us yeah. again. Thank it's you, always,
1: yeah. and It's
0: Thanks always for a pleasure me. to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Ben, we appreciate the fact that you're hanging in there with us far away in San Diego. I know it's so horrible in downtown there next to the, the ocean. The river's
1: rivers right in my heart. It's
0: yes, flowing it is. in
1: my blood right now.
0: When do you <laughs> come back?
1: With me? When do you come back? Uh, tomorrow night.
2: Well, nice. wait. Well, uh, I guess I was gonna say, when are you back? Like oh, permanently? permanently? Yeah.
1: Um, I think the end of July. Okay. My goal.
2: I'll be gone, but I'll be back in the in the fall. Yeah.
1: Are nice. You, yeah, are you gonna get any breaks once you start up with your
2: uh I think like fighting? I think like uh, June we get a couple little you know some free time here and there but once fire season really kicks in you know july ish we're just going until until it's done so um maybe end of october um but last year by the unit that i'm with now they um they they had a lot of their guys go straight through right into the middle of november so good money good money it'll kill my summer but it'll just leave me more time to fish and hunt when i'm off so yeah.
0: Right. Right patch. You'll hit right patch.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll be out there. Definitely any free time I do get I do get, that's probably where I'll go.
0: That'll be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us and we wish you a uh Yeah. a safe journey. Uh Yeah. with with your firefighting travels with the BLM. Um mm-hmm. we wish you the best and success there and um thank you. you know. Keep everything together, man, so you can come back here in the fall and, and tear it up again. So. Yeah. We'll do. <laughs> Thank you. All right. All right. right. And until next time, tight lines. All right. Yep.
2: Oh, wow. wow. To the. City.